0: one group of friends. No idea. One big dream. From the lose to the booze to the queues. What goes into making a festival happen? Can we pull it off? Welcome to How to Build a Festival.
1: Hi everyone and welcome
0: back to How to Build a Festival so we have recently been doing a bit of research um this podcast is a great excuse for a night out um in doing so we visited mutations festival uh, which is as ross informs me a multi-venue city winter festival um snappy in (laughs) in other words we went to brighton and we saw a lot of bands and some quite cool pubs um but we wanted to see if this could be an option for our festival rather than your classic summer festival intense so we will give you a bit of an update on that today
1: We've also seen three incredible artists in the past few weeks, so we wanted to share our thoughts about these. These would all be absolute dream headliners for us.
2: And on top of that, it's the dreaded Glastonbury ticket sales day this weekend, so we will, of course, be touching on that. <laughs> but although the festival season itself has drawn to a close by now, um, October, November is a great time of year to see the acts and artists that we really enjoyed in the summer play their own shows and their own tours um Rachel mentioned three in particular that we have been really looking forward to so since this podcast is partly just about us geeking out about that sort of thing why don't we start there um Rachel do you want to kick us off
1: so the first Uh, gig we went to see was the last dinner party at earth hall hackney in october um for a band that only had three songs on spotify at that point um we weren't sure what to expect we had tried to see them at green man festival but we couldn't get anywhere near them because they were on the green man rising stage which is one of the kind of the small new new band stages Um, um, but they've gone on now to sell out camden roundhouse in february next year and I thought they were pretty amazing. Um, They are kind of an indie rock band they formed a couple of years ago, a female group, and I don't really know how to describe them, but I'd kind of say they're like pop, but with a bit of rock and kind of Baroque influences. Um, They were, for me, they were amazing. They'd be a dream headliner. What does everyone else think?
0: I would call them Catholic schoolgirl rock (laughs) don't know where I got that from. That's just what I would say. Um, Yeah, no, I thought they were amazing. And I'm really sad we didn't get tickets to the Roundhouse gig because, well, we'll try and get them on Twickets, right? Right.
2: I'm sure we can figure it out.
0: Pay through the nose for them. That's what I usually do. Um, I'm just not very organised. We'll talk about that later when it comes to buying tickets. Um, But yeah, no, I thought they were great. Um, Good energy. Good lead singer. That was my my take.
2: Good venue as well. I've not been to Earth before. I didn't really get the last dinner party from their first song on first saw two that came out on um spotify and there's a lot of like just hype hype which mm. i didn't really get but i have to say that kind of the longer that gig went on really really strong and obviously like they've sold out a lot of stuff but people are genuinely into them i don't think people are just there out of a curious curiosity
0: I mean, I, th- I, I kind of got it straight away, so, you know, I'm not with <laughs> you
1: <laughs> I th- I think we, w- me and Kat definitely were kind of all in from the start, whereas maybe it took a bit longer for, for, for you to get into it. But I thought, st- ec- like, amazing stage presence. The lead singer was on another level. Yeah, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and no, I think that
0: it's interesting the way they've sort of dripped there, because they've got four songs out on Spotify now. I think that's kind of part of it be honest i think it's quite a cool idea and they seem like they were having a good time i like seeing a band on stage who think they're having you know seem to be having a good time these days quite often it's a bit sort of you know i don't want to say boring but they you know they were in no way boring Mm. right they were just really fun definitely yeah
2: yeah 100 so then wonder horse big uh big fan of wonder horse for me and i don't know if anybody else thinks this but I think when I was growing up, Oasis was a band where my parents would always be like, they're just Beatles again. And I was like, yeah, but none of us knew the Beatles. So this is like, must have been what it felt like. Does anyone else get like, there's a bit of Elliot Smith and a bit of Nirvana about Wonder Horse, which I I just can't think of another band that's doing that kind of thing as well as Wonder Horse. They, um, they've obviously cancelled a load of gigs over the summer, but I thought they were on form at the forum.
0: Yeah, I was really, really glad that we that, that gig was on and we got to go. Um I missed them at Glastonbury because they were on before two o'clock in the afternoon and that is not possible for me to get to at Glastonbury. So but I heard it was great. You said it was good, Ross,
1: right?
2: <laughs> I've seen them three times in the last uh last eighteen months. I think they um get better every time.
1: They were great at Glastonbury. What's the what's the song that is my absolute favourite? Teal. Yeah amazing live
2: i I, i'm not a massive fan of the forum as a venue um the sound gets a bit muffly but they i think the crowd are really into it and that definitely helps carry it carry it along even if the sound's a bit off
0: I think it's my least favorite venue, actually. Really interesting question. I really don't like it there. Yeah, I really don't like it there. I, you can't get to the front, like, unless you're there really early. And that's fine, you know, but we're just not those people. We get to gigs, you know, 10 minutes before they start. Like just, yeah. yeah, we're really bad for that. Um, But, you know, we go to a lot of gigs. So, yeah, there's there's only so much you can do. Um, But, you know, I, I think it's a really hard, I, the, because of the way that the bar's set up with and the stairs, I just really don't like it. Yeah. So
2: as a rule, I hate a venue where you have to go downstairs to get towards the kind of main bit. I I think there's two things, and we saw this at the Melon melon gig recently at the garage. Um, if there's stairs from the back to the front, I feel like the people who are behind the stairs often kind of feel a little bit out of the gig and end up with a lot. You end up with a lot of chatter that kind of really bleeds into the
0: gig. And at the forum, that's sort of emphasized by the fact that you're basically behind the bar yeah so you're, yeah. you're just not in it and that's like half of the space that they sell so it's yeah. it's really irritating um so you have to force yourself your way down and then you're kind of stand stood behind well i was stood behind someone who's about eight foot tall <laughs> nothing against people who are eight foot tall you're allowed to go to gigs too you're allowed to be at the front but you know it's a bit mean no you know, nonetheless But then we went to Shepherd's Bush Empire this week, uh, which is actually one of my favourite venues, um, to see CMAT, and I think that was my favourite of the three. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that.
2: I honestly can't think of a gig I've been to in the last five years that I preferred to that gig. It was absolutely incredible.
0: It really did give you the feels, didn't it? It was so good. good. You're so good. Yeah, okay, we're going to go see her again. on oh, my birthday, May the 16th. Amazing. I, I, the, we liked her
2: first album. I saw her at Glastonbury again. It was another one. It was early in the day. I had to go on my
0: own. Cause... I wasn't there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, I feel like she'd approve of that. I think if yeah. Seema was at Glastonbury, she wouldn't be up before 12pm either. Just the the
2: atmosphere, the energy of the whole place. Not my favourite venue personally, but it was just... What a joyous gig. It's just incredible.
1: That is definitely the word I've seen a lot on kind of social media about that gig was joyous. Um and I think, yeah, she's just got that amazing energy and singing live, I think she's just got an amazing voice.
0: Kind of appeals to everyone as well. It was really interesting to me the variety and diversity in the crowd. Like, there were people who were much younger than us. Kind of, Some of them were dressed as cowboys, which was great. (laughs) She's clearly got, like, a kind of gay icon status. I mean, when I was at the bar, I was dancing with someone who was, like, my mum's age, having a great time. It was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone was the same level. It was just really, really good fun. And, yeah. This is our
2: second attempt at doing a podcast. If we do 500, I'll be amazed if I find two or three that I enjoyed more than that gig. It was incredible. And I feel incredibly bad because we talked very recently about how annoying it is when people come out of a gig that you haven't been to and rave about <laughs> it to this yeah. extent sorry Rach
1: it's okay we're, we're gonna go again in the new year so it's all good um I feel like she's really on the up and um she was on Graham Norton's show the other week so I feel like her kind of star is really rising right now
2: headlining Deershed Festival which is one I've mm. had on my list for a long time just a 2 hour train ride from london so maybe we'll uh maybe we'll where have is a look it at that one. i think it's in i get these towns confused it's either in thurso or kelso one of them's in the northeast of england and one of them's in scotland i think it might be thurso
1: i think kelso might be horse racing
2: it is and i think it's scotland but well they have both got a race track so that's confusing um not sure it's in the northeast of england but there's a train a direct train from king's cross so it's not that awkward to get. To. <laughs> One of the things we said we'd do was look at different types of festival when we're thinking about what type of festival we want to try and build. Um, so we spent the weekend as a group going down to Mutations Festival in Brighton. Rachel, tell us a bit about the festival.
1: So, Mutations Festival is kind of a city festival. It's the first weekend in November. Um, It was founded in 2015 by uh, the team who also produced Pitchfork London, Visions and Wave Festivals, so they know what they're doing, basically. Um, It's kind of over, it's between kind of Thursday and Sunday. Um, Some days it's over kind of like four to five venues, some days it's up to eight to nine venues. The biggest venue is Chalk, which has a capacity of 850, um, and it's all kind of like independent venues in Brighton.
0: So, I had a great weekend. That's the first thing I'm going to say. And I kind of have to say that because, you know, I was with you guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was genuinely a really good time. But I didn't really feel like I was at a festival, if I'm being completely Mm. honest. Um, And I've been to the Camden Crawl or Camden Rocks, as it was sort of uh, reinvigorated as, I think, uh, before. And and I I guess because that's in the summer, it feels a bit more festival-y because you're outside Mm. some of the time. This was really like going to lots of separate gigs and if anything, I found that quite hard at times. Like, I thought it was quite tiring. And also when you're in the day, I mean, the weather was primarily bad. I love Brighton, but, you know, most of the time the weather was pretty bad. Um, but when it wasn't, I didn't really want to be indoors in a kind of club area. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, do
2: you, there's a couple of things to unpack there. The weather. So <laughs> <laughs> we've been to together to three festivals this year. We've had named storms at two of them. And I did think <laughs> that one of the things about doing an indoor city festival was that we wouldn't get disrupted by the weather, but the travel down on Thursday really ruined your day, didn't really
0: it? It really did. Yeah. I did not make it to Primer Queen, 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 who I think Rachel's going to talk a bit more about in a minute. I'm very sad about that.
2: What else did we... Did we see Primer Queen Thursday. and the stays here um, mm. on Thursday? um the other thing that i because i agree i didn't entirely feel like i was away from everything like i do at a festival but i guess a big part of that was because we worked thursday morning we traveled down we worked friday morning i know you didn't cap but but i certainly spent most of the morning dealing with emails on a coffee shop
0: that makes it sound like i don't have a job i do just
1: took the morning off like a responsible adult (laughs)
2: Festivalling and working probably uh probably don't go together too much
1: not not a good combination
2: um and then monday we were always planning to travel straight back into the office so kind of we were there on sunday but it's always kind of cut a little bit short by uh by the idea of having to get up at the crack of dawn the next day
0: i didn't feel the disconnect that you feel when you go to a normal festival i think that's the main thing like you're in a town center right you can still and we did go to restaurants and pubs and go shopping and on the one hand that's really good fun and we had a lovely time like i say i had a great weekend we went vintage shopping we had some good dinners like it was really nice we stayed next door to a pub that i would thoroughly recommend the pond if you're in brighton check it out
1: love it love that pub yeah, I love Brighton.
2: Like Brighton's a great t- town, city to to do a weekend festival in. If you're gonna do it,
0: we still have not established if it's a town or a city, have we? We talked about no. it
2: last no. time, didn't we? <laughs> God. What's wrong with us? I don't think there's a cathedral in Brighton, is
0: theres there? Is that- I- still how it's measured
1: I think so well yeah I think so so yeah town or city we're not sure um but yeah I think same for me it felt like more of a collection of gigs rather than a festival and that's nothing to do with the organization or you know the idea of it but um it's just I think still for me a festival is feels like something that's outside in the summer um which may or may not have sunshine or lots and lots of rain or a bit of both um but yeah I feel like that for me still is is what i think of when i think of a festival um one of the the bands that i really enjoyed that was like a new band for me um was prima queen prima queen prima queen we need to we need to work that out prima queen Queen. so it's kind of a, a like female indie rock band um fronted by by Louise and Kirsten, who um, met on a on a songwriting course, which I love the story behind this. So, um, Kirsten came in from America um, to do the songwriting course, and basically um louise was like please can you be in a band with me so it's like love at first sight um and from there they've gone on um tunes at first sight tunes at first sight and um they've been kind of on the up they played several times at glastonbury they were part of the glastonbury emerging talent contest this year um and they were runners up um and yeah they've they've been on tour supporting big moon dream wife wet leg um and i just thought they had brilliant stage presence a lot of emotion in their lyrics very personal lyrics but also quite melodic and i just really enjoyed them what did you think ross
2: yeah i mean I had them on our list for glastonbury and despite their <laughs> five sets that they played we didn't manage to make a single one of them um so yeah i was a delighted to actually get to see them and Sorry, I'm trying to eat yeah. buttons whilst we we're recording. I've stopped now. And uh and B thought they were really good, so we'll definitely keep a look out for them. They played at the Apollo the other day in what looked like a very busy room. I don't know if they mm. were they must have been supporting. It's like a five thousand capacity venue. But it did look busy. I, I think they um they're gonna do really well. And I think um they are quite well linked into our joint fate, our (laughs) co-favourite band, (laughs) Big (laughs) Moon.
1: So they were on tour with Big Moon. I think um, Jules and Fern of Big Moon have kind of helped them with the production of some of the songs. Um, Chew My Cheeks, Invisible, Hand. I'm reading that from my notes. That might not actually be the name of it. Um, But yeah, so I think they're linked to one of our our team bands. Update.
2: (laughs) (laughs) An important fact... This is from www.kingseducation.com. Brighton is actually formerly known as the City of Brighton and Hove. The towns of Brighton and Hove formed a unitary authority in 1997 and were granted city status by Queen Elizabeth II in 2001. Many locals still consider the two to be separate towns.
0: We'll edit that out. Okay. (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Rossi, what apart from Prima Queen, what were your favourites from the weekend, or what was your news from the weekend? I think we're both thinking about the same band here when we think of the weekend.
2: Yeah, let's oh God. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, surprise of the weekend, I'd say. I think we're all looking forward to Buzzard, 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 and their um, imaginative '70s style, slightly kind of. Tongue in cheek rock, and what we got was something pretty different.
0: Yeah, so we'd seen Buzzard Buzzer Buzzard at Green Man. Green Man, yeah. Twenty twenty two.
2: Maybe one. 21? I think it was the one, the first the one. one. Yeah. It was one of the first one festivals after, that yeah. went ahead after COVID, wasn't it? Yeah. Say after COVID. COVID
0: yeah. Um, and I thought they were great. They're like you say, they were quite kitsch. They were really funny, <laughs> like you know, very poppy. Um what we saw was more of a sort of heavy metal band. <laughs> they've, they've taken a new direction. They let's put it that way. a new
2: direction. And we didn't, weren't expecting it. We were still not. enjoyed it, to be honest. I thought they were still pretty fun, but it was not what we were expecting.
0: Yeah. I just think it was a tiny bit of a shame that they didn't play any of their old stuff. Mm. Because they have got a bit of a cult following. And, you know, I mean, we saw them at their sort of surprise 3pm gig and... I'm kind of glad because they had a 1am gig, and if I'd stayed up till 1am and seen that, I think I would have been a little bit annoyed.
2: It's an interesting point though because they only had a half hour slot, and I do think that something that I would like festivals to do more is to give bands a bit more of a chance to play a, a full set. And if, it, you know, half an hour for a band with I think they've got two albums. There's not a lot of time. You've really got to prioritise as a band if you do that. And I think, you know, that's a band who can easily, easily put together an hour set. Um, And I think, I just felt that we lost out because of that. You have no choice if you're a band. You've got to play your new, or focus entirely on your new stuff, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, some of their stuff on Instagram that we've seen has said that they're going to, and I haven't looked at their set lists, but, they sort of said, well, we'll start with our new album and then go to our old album. So they're very much doing gigs of two halves. And what we saw was effectively the first half of that mm. two half set.
0: Yeah. Actually, a lot of the gigs were half an hour long. Too many, really. Yeah. Which is weird, really. I mean, on the one hand, I think if you're at a day festival, you probably expect them to be about 45 minutes, right?
2: I would think so. This used to be a thing, I think, where a lot of bands would get half hour sets because the festival organizers were trying to squeeze in as many bands as they could onto a lineup mm. and i think that's one of the things i really like about green man is that they pretty much give everyone an hour if they've got enough material to to do an hour set um i did it all Do everything just felt too quick like you've barely mm. started and then they're like this is our last song
0: yeah and it meant especially because they were in different venues that you sort of felt like okay i've got to go for another sort of 10 minute walk in the rain to another Venue, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, I do think they could have slightly improved that.
2: I think that's a big thing for uh, me, would be I think I would like to, I'd rather have fewer bands on and give them a chance to play a full set mm. than kind of just squeeze as much in as we can.
1: Yeah. And what do we think about the headliners? So, we saw two of the he- three of the headliners, I we think. Um, so, we saw the staves, we saw public service broadcasting, we saw Django Django. Any thoughts on those ones?
0: I thought Django Django were amazing. They hardly ever play. I think they should play more. Play more.
2: Play more. Mm-hmm. They were excellent. Um, and interesting thing about this, again, about this festival, they made quite a big thing about being a city festival across multiple venues where you're going to have to spend ages queuing up for mm. each gig. And they said, no, that's not going to be the case. We're only going to sell as many tickets as I think their thing was as many tickets as we have capacity for across any venues that are running at one time. So, we, I mean, we didn't have... Any issues getting into any of the gigs. It did make for a slightly weird situation at both the staves and Django Django actually. Probably the staves impacted by the storm, but there was hardly anyone in there for Django Django. Everyone had kind of finished for the weekend and gone home. I was quite drunk.
1: (laughs) 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 I'd say it was probably about two two thirds full, but it was kind of obviously Sunday night and you know, initially we'd probably not planned to stay till Monday, but then obviously when we saw Django Django we extended um but yeah it's probably probably a symptom of it being sunday night mm. i imagine
2: yeah but for a band of that size it, it probably felt a bit sparsely populated but actually as a pun, pundit punter for that <laughs> festival, both now <laughs> yeah, um as a punter it, didn't, it was quite nice you could get, mm. i didn't i never i think there were a couple where they instagrammed that venues were full but they were like the smallest venues
0: yeah and it meant you could get to the bar easily didn't it like as I mentioned I was drunk so (laughs) I was having a great time Um, no but you could you could get to the bar easily you could get in quickly go to the toilet Mm. with no problem that was nice it was very chilled Mm. in that sense I enjoyed it a lot
2: Chapakra Wrestling was a shame they had massive sound problems
1: oh yeah they did
2: half if not all of their gig
1: They were playing in Dust, which is a sort of nightclub just next to Chalk, which is the main venue, um, sort of like basement live music venue. But they had a lot of problems, didn't they? With their like microphones not working, and yeah, I just felt. bad. I mean, we've seen them before at festivals, and they've they're very energetic live show. But yeah, I kind of feel like that did kind of hamper them a little bit. It was a really good overall experience, I think.
0: Um,
2: As a potential format for something for us what did you think is there is that an option
0: my vote would be no I think I want and I've always said this from the beginning like a site where everyone can be all
1: together I think maybe in terms of um if we're on our journey maybe something like a a, like a day festival somewhere in a city might be good in terms of like practicing or kind of you know honing our skills but i think ultimately for me a festival is more about being away from it all on a site and ideally some sun but we all know there's you know british weather you never know
2: yeah i'd agree with all that i I do i did actually think my big thing going in was is it just completely different and i I think that as a gateway kind of a step there would still be a lot we could learn from it it would be relevant to doing an outdoor site and yeah i think it's a i do think it's an option for something to get started with
0: okay so before we go any further uh, today is a pretty scary day um the scariest weekend of the year some might say scarier than halloween um (laughs) although i think this is meant to be halloween actually um because tomorrow is glastonbury tickets day
2: a much delayed Glastonbury ticket sale day.
0: Yeah, so drama this year because they, Glastonbury obviously said you needed to go in and renew your registration and lots of people tried and some, including some among us, did do that and were penalised for it, Rachel.
1: Yeah, so I went in and kind of clicked, yes please, I would like to renew my registration but I don't know quite what happened but basically my registration got deleted from... The first time I was in was 2011, so pre-2011. Um, so yeah, I had to re-register, but I feel like a lot of people had similar issues or similar dramas and they've put it back by two weeks. Which is really weird and,
0: and mm. kind of means that people that have planned their month around it, not that we're that sad, but we are a bit sad like that, um, you know, part of our group is in Paris, unhelpfully. Mm. So, yeah.
2: We also didn't get to do the coach sale. Because we were at CMAP, but unless CMAP is playing a thousand times at Glastonbury, <laughs> I think we made the right decision.
0: Agree, plus no one gets coach tickets. I don't want to go no. to coach anyway.
2: I know, but I do feel, don't do you feel like, unless you've at least half-heartedly tried for coach tickets, you don't deserve the Sunday ticket I do not sale. feel like that, no. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough.
0: So we've just had a disagreement on how many times we've missed out on Glastonbury tickets. I think it's only one. You think it's more?
2: Well, I think, so we went in... So Kat and I went together in 14, 16, 17 and 23. Rachel, you came with us in 16, 17, 23, but you previously weren't...
1: In 2011.
2: 2011. I feel like...
1: I think I was too young. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm older than I look. (laughs) Look, 2011 was after we (laughs) finished uni. You you (laughs)
2: weren't too young. (laughs)
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm
0: well into my twenties. All right, fine. You were just yeah. richer at me. It's fine. I it's feel
2: a, like yeah, I feel like we tried in 2013 because we went to Rockwurst instead.
0: Did we? Oh, I think we just thought the lineup was really good. The lineup was really good.
2: Um, 2015, we definitely would have tried because it was after 14 and we loved it, so we didn't we went get to there. Tina and park. 16, 17. That's we... a podcast in itself. Art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <One is. laughs> 18, I think was a fellow year. 19 was on and we didn't get tickets. Who headlined? Hey, 19?
0: Yeah. Good
2: question. Uh, look, 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 look. look it up. Yeah. I'll keep
0: talking. Okay. Um. And then, yeah, obviously 2020, we did not get tickets, but it didn't happen. And they went in 21, mm. which was, you know. They went in
2: 22. Back. It was off for two years, wasn't it? Because hey, yes. 2020, Taylor Swift was booked, wasn't she?
0: Oh, and it still oh. makes me sad that Taylor's not going to be there this year. To be honest, I, if Taylor was going to be there this year, then I'd be more
1: freaked out than I am now. Yeah. Same, I think. Um, we saw that Glasgow sized hole in her schedule mm. in her tour dates and got excited, but now it's been filled in by I think more dates in maybe Dublin or Ireland, which we still don't have tickets for. <sighs> um, yeah,
2: okay. 2019 anyway. headliners, we, I probably should have remembered this. So the Killers because mm. they did that secret set yeah. in 2017. We Remember that? Really died of that, they mm. did. That was too busy, apparently. The Cure. And Stormzy.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't think I was... Mm. I want to say I wasn't that sad, but I was that sad. That was your birthday. Do you remember we went out for drinks and we we were all quite sad? Anyway, the point is, we really want to get tickets tomorrow. We don't have any secret tips. I still don't know if you're supposed to wait for multiple tabs. I I just don't have any idea. I've never done it myself. I've never been the one to get the tickets. Tomorrow may be my day. This year, I have at least made sure my registration details are right because every single time we've got tickets in the past, I've somehow misspelt my postcode (laughs) when I've sent it to everyone. And nearly been the reason we didn't go and I genuinely think if I did that again my husband might file for divorce. <laughs> so
2: I would imagine again, having no insight to this, that people like Rachel who realised that their ticket re registration had been deleted, kinda of didn't email in, and then all of a sudden a day before the ticket sale went in, tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. suddenly realised and they got overwhelmed by emails, but you know. Yeah, no what really
0: luckily happened. I had to update my picture this year because I realised my picture was 10 years old and although I look like that in my mind, um, <laughs> I was so worried about it last year that I actually brought the hoodie with me that I was wearing in the photo, <laughs> just in case I was asked for more proof. Um, but yeah, obviously there's been a lot of lineup rumours in the last couple of weeks about mm. Um Emily Evis has obviously come out and said that those are not accurate, but imagine that they were... So it was Coldplay, Madonna, Madonna Dua Lipa. And Dua Lipa. Mm. Um, what would your thoughts be if that if that was the kind of final headliners?
2: And what do we think about the denial?
1: Mm. I mean, I think all three of those would be kind of not surprises. Coldplay have headlined many times. We know they, you know, are well thought of by the Ibises and they are, you know, a genuine stadium band. So they, you know, they would have a headline slot um Madonna obviously has been doing an amazing world tour she's more than a credible headliner and Dua Lipa is massive we um also <laughs> played a game of the other week looking at who are the most tuned people on Spotify and she's well within the top 10 so you know I think those are all credible rumors yeah just on a personal level for me I wouldn't be
0: that wild about it I, I will say that Glastonbury for me is not really all about the headliners. Um, and actually sometimes I quite like it if I don't like the headliners because then I can go out and not worry about like being, you know, dragged back to the main stage. Um, but, you know, yeah, they are all, like you say, credible. Mm-hmm. Although Coldplay, do they have some kind of rolling slot? Like, is it an agreement? Do they have a contract? Like, you know, it's crazy. I mean, they were great. They were great. 2016, they were, they were good. Um, but, you know, Mm. It was pretty recent.
1: Who would be your kind of dream... I mean, obviously, we've just talked about Taylor Swift. That would be one of mine. But have you got any other, like, dream Glastonbury headliners?
2: I think to Cat's point, I, I think my dream Glastonbury headliners are one that I really, really want to see and two that I've... Not just me, but the rest of our group really, really don't want to see so that we can all be together every night, but we could yeah. go and do some other things as well. So...
1: Yeah, I mean I think Glastonbury there's there is so much to do. Like there is layers and layers and layers and layers of different stuff to see and do. And like the headliners, I think the first time you go, you kind of have to see the headliners. Then after that, maybe actually you find stuff elsewhere that's more exciting. But for your like one dream headliner, is there anyone you can think of? Red hot chili peppers. And I mean I know they have headlined,
0: obviously. Um, Have they? Yeah. I way, thought way they priced the
2: themselves way up. No, a
0: long time ago, I think they
2: really? did. Really? Yeah. But everyone reaches sure for of their songs. Google <laughs>
1: shirt. Thank you. <laughs> Shave Brothers would be mine. I mean, for me, I'm very much in the kind of pop era. Um, so I'm thinking like Taylor Swift or Harry Styles, I think for I think me, would be. we said Taylor Swift. We said Taylor Swift many, Taylor Swift many times. Taylor Swift's a given, isn't she? Um, I think. Yeah. I think Harry Styles as well would be a brilliant headliner.
2: Um, for me, another completely unrealistic one. We know it's never going to happen. Um,
0: Oasis.
1: Uh, Fleetwood Mac. Interesting. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to
2: Fleet <laughs> yeah. say Fleetwood Mac, actually. I was <laughs> going oh, to say Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers were meant to play the festival ah. in
1: 1993. Oh, ah, okay. But uh, did yeah. not. I mean, well, they are they are amazing live.
0: Yes, they are amazing live. I've seen them live. Um, But I think they'd be an amazing Glastonbury headliner. Uh, Oasis, if... Noel and Liam could be mates again actually that leads me on to an interesting point because we talked in I think one of our earlier festivals about kind of our ideal festival headliner for our festival and I mentioned that I think I'd like a cult American band so mm. I sort of mentioned like Jack's Mannequin or All American Rejects or something like that um, and we saw Ross text me earlier in the week to say that uh, festival had done just that right Ross?
2: Bearded Theory, which last year we all realised after the event had an incredible lineup for us. This year has announced a lineup, probably overall less to our taste, but Jane's Addiction, who I don't think Whoa. have been to the UK for <laughs> at least a decade, I don't think, um, I would put them probably very mm-hmm. high up that category of cult American bands that never come to the UK.
0: They are headlining, mm. which actually sent me down a bit of a wormhole. And All American Rejects are also coming to the UK this year for a festival. Really? Yeah. yeah. And on their post, they said, now we're finally allowed back in the UK. And I feel like there's a story there, but I don't know it. Were so, they banned? I guess so. What did they do? Oh. He wore glittery converse when I saw him. He doesn't seem like the kind of man that would cause trouble. Mm. Maybe I'll ask. I'll
2: have look. Yeah. Next one for the next one. And, so, and can <laughs> I... I don't know if you've seen Out of Wight lineup announcer they've announced an extensive lineup okay
1: Um, i've not i've not seen this nor have i okay Um, this is live reaction so this is
2: live reaction i'm going to read out the the first 20 bands i can see on the lineup and (laughs) what who are they aiming at here their marketing strategy so headliners Mm -hmm. the prodigy pet shop boys and green day
1: Mm. Okay. The Streets,
2: Crowded House, The Darkness, The Bootleg Beatles, Keen, The, the blossoms, blossoms, Jake Shears, Simple Minds, Nothing But Thieves, uh, Zara Larson, McFly, Beverly Knight, The K's, Picture This, Suede, Scouting for Girls, Joe Wiley's 90s Anthems.
1: Okay. Interesting. Okay, I would say they're aiming at people in their late 30s and early early to mid 40s. That's what I would say is their target audience.
2: Aside from... Which is essentially Zara, us.
1: Essentially, but... yeah.
2: Maybe aside from maybe Zara Larson and the case, is there anyone on that whole lineup who released their first album in the last decade?
0: No. I don't think so. That's no. a I strong say, play the... for one type of person. Yeah. And with the exception of like... The Prodigy, it's also a bit sort of Magic FM, isn't it? Yeah, it's it is, yeah. Like you know, I don't, I don't mean to be rude, I, I'd love it.
1: I, I think the, uh, the kind of the lineups and demographics probably of Isle of, of White have changed, but I'm up for that. <laughs> Isle of Wight's always a fun one because it's like the first
0: festival. I've never
1: been mm. to Isle of Wight Festival. Me either.
0: It's this sort of
2: seen as the start of the festival year, isn't mm. it? Mm. Do you know why so, I
0: don't want to go? Because of the ferry. Not because I don't like ferries. But it's just like, the idea of being on a ferry with loads of people that have been at festivals. That's so,
2: the other thing. That when do you think... Of, what would you... If you were to guess the dates of the Illawaitre Festival, what would you go with?
1: May. is it, Yeah, I was going to say either end of May or beginning of June.
2: 20th or the 3rd of June. So oh, it's the okay. week before Glastonbury. So okay. they're also playing for who-didn't-get-Glastonbury-tickets crowd, which I always think mm. an odd mm. play.
0: Yeah, although... If I'm not at Glastonbury, I don't want to be at a festival. I want to be at home pretending festival's don't exist. You <laughs> I know how...
2: certainly don't want to be at home having to avoid it on BBC, though.
0: Well, yeah, you say that because we have friends that sort of have like a, I didn't get Glastonbury tickets, Glastonbury party, and watch it on BBC and have drinks, and I would just, I just try and hide in a black hole over the whole weekend. Don't go on social media because I'm so jealous. Absolutely. My FOMO is insane.
2: The only BBC coverage of Glastonbury is interesting. They literally show the four or five main stages and mm. show nothing else they don't bring out at all how what's really good about the festival do they
0: well they can't
1: mm. can they no, yeah no it's very hard, <laughs> very
2: hard
1: there are very many stages
2: i always say just show the queues and the ordeal that you have to go through maybe less people to try and get tickets
0: i don't know they do they often do show the traffic jams don't they they're like you know don't do they yeah do they show the toilets
2: no, yeah, you should spend more time on that. That's probably <laughs> a wrap.
0: Yeah,
1: that's probably enough about
0: Glastonbury. Once Rachel starts going down her toilets black hole. <laughs> okay.
2: That's a whole, we've got to save a whole episode of content for your toilet chair. I chat.
1: know. Oh, I can't wait.
2: Right. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Um, feedback on whether we got Glastonbury tickets and how we're feeling about it next week.
0: Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs>